Good evening. Tonight we're going to be considering faith again from Hebrews chapter 11 and the heroes of faith. Specifically, tonight we're talking about Abraham and I'll be considering why was he included as one of these heroes. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we come to you asking you to lead and guide us. Lord, show us the faith that you want us to have. Lord, help us to take these examples and meditate upon how they can apply to our lives. Lord, we just ask you to touch this study in Jesus' name, amen. So we're looking at Hebrews chapter 11. These are great examples of faith. And I'm going to look at verses one and two first. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. So Abraham earned a good reputation by what he did. So let's look at what he did. What can be more important for us today than to earn a good reputation with God? Hebrews 11.6 says, It's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So as we examine the examples of faith, we can get a picture of the faith that God wants us to have, the faith that pleases God. Faith in the Bible was always accompanied by action. So what actions did Abraham's faith show? In Hebrews 11:8, it says, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. So Abraham obeyed. That's a big thing. God wants us to obey. Abraham heard the voice of God, believed that God rewarded those who sincerely seek him and left his home to go to another land without even knowing where he was going. Now that's faith. And there are two points I wanna bring up here. The first is that God communicated with Abraham and Abraham heard him. Genesis chapter 12 tells the story of Abraham. In verse one, it says, the Lord spoke to Abraham. In verse seven, the Lord appeared to Abraham. And then in verse 15, the Lord, the Lord spoke to Abraham in a vision. So we must be attuned to the voice of God. Is he not the same God today? If he spoke to Abraham and led him, can he not do the same for us? Listen for his voice, ask him to make it plain. Once God has made it plain, move in that direction. How can we do anything less? There will be many times in our lives when God sends us on a new path. So determine in advance that you will obey once he makes it plain. And my second point is, Abraham didn't know where he was going, but he went anyway. He believed God, he had faith 
with action. God leads us one step at a time. He doesn't reveal the whole plan. We, like Abraham, must believe that God rewards those who seek him. I think of my walk with God as a winding path in a forest. You know how it goes where you can just see so far, you go that far, then you turn a corner and then you can see a little more, turn another and you can see a little more. That's how faith is. In Hebrews 11:9, it says, and even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. We must evaluate what we're looking for in this life. Are we confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God? Consider where your thoughts are the majority of the time. Matthew 6.21 says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So evaluate, where does your mind go? Where is it most of the time? It really does matter. That tells you something about where your treasure is. Okay, continuing in Hebrews 11, 11, It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise, and so a whole nation came from this one man. Now, this one man was 99 years old. This one man who was as good as dead, a nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sands on the seashore, there was no way to count them. All these people died still believing that God had prom- what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. And in verse 14, obviously people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. Verse 16, but they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. So we have to consider these things. Are we looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland? Our hope is not just in this life. In verse 17, it talks about how Abraham offered up Isaac. Isaac. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Hard to imagine how that must have felt. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. And verse 19, Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. This is a lot to take in the faith of Abraham. And I would like to think that in just some very small way, I can relate to Abraham and his desire to follow the leading of God by faith.
So I'd like to go back and tell you a little bit more of my story. In 1991, Clancy and I were pastoring a small ch church in Louisville, just south of the Mason-Dixon line, about 10 miles from Newark. We'd been there about five years and had a congregation of about 50 people. But in August of that year, God began to let us know that he wanted us to be someplace else. This just happened over and over. It seemed to come out of the blue. We lived in a house that I had designed and we had it built on two acres of Clancy's father's farm. His mother, his brother, two sisters lived on the farm right up the road. We just planned to stay there. We didn't have any plans of going anywhere, but God kept urging us that we were to sell our house and go to a place where he would show us and that we would know when we got there. Kind of scary. We put our small, a small house for sale sign in the front yard and houses in our area just were not selling. Some had been for sale for years. So within two weeks, we had two couples wanting to buy our house. So we chose a buyer and set up settlement for the beginning of December. And we took down the sign. And then we began making arrangements for our church to be taken care of. And then our next biggest step was to begin visiting places and to see if, you know, if we felt the leading of God there. We went to Pennsylvania, all over Maryland. We went to North Carolina and nothing drew us. We didn't feel God's leading and our December settlement date was coming up and we didn't know where to go. In the meantime, a friend from Lancaster who did not know we'd sold our house came to visit. She was disabled and she went to a lot of trouble to come and see us. But she said she was just compelled. She had to come. She said she kept seeing us living somewhere else. Mountains were all around and she said she saw us living in a house bigger than anything we ever thought we'd have. And there was a huge stone fireplace in the center of the house. We didn't know what to make of her story, so we just thought it unusual, didn't really pay much attention to it, and continued to search for the place that God was leading us. So in October, just before uh, Halloween, a church friend who had gone to high school with me told me that she and her husband had bought a farm in the South. Her husband was from Lee County, Virginia, and had come to Maryland as a young man to find work since there was so little work there. And he'd been saying for years he wanted to move back there when he retired. So we loaded up our 15 passenger van with five of our six children who were still at home and our friends and traveled to Tennessee. And when we got there, we felt the presence of God so strongly. God was all over us. There was no doubt in our minds that God was calling us to that area. And our friends were going to give us land for a home, but Clancy felt led to at least look at properties that were already built. So we picked up the local newspaper, picked out one house and said, let's go look at that one. It's too expensive, but let's look anyway. Well, that was just totally out of character for him. So we made an appointment for the following day to see that property. 
and we were on our way back to Maryland at the time. So we met up with the realtor and followed him. And I'll never forget the feeling of driving up the long driveway to this house on a mountain ridge. And as the house spread out in front of us, it was, it was huge. And it had a big stone fireplace coming up right out of the middle. So we looked at the house. It had six bedrooms, three bathrooms, two kitchens, 25 acres, on a mountain ridge, a barn, other outbuildings, and we were just overwhelmed. My initial thought was, I can't live here. <laughs> so we drove home that day, 500 miles, knowing that God wanted us to move to that area. As far as the house, they were asking more than what we had. Neither one of us had a job at that point because we were moving and we wouldn't be able to get a mortgage. But that house would not leave us alone. So the next day, our oldest daughter, Sherry, could sense our urgency about preparing to move there. She said she'd watch her five siblings so we could return and we drove back 500 miles and looked at the house again and offered what we would have left from the sale of our current house, all of it. And the offer was much less than the asking price, but they accepted it. So we had about a month before we had to move. So preparations commenced. And it became obvious over the 15 years that we were there that God has put us exactly where we were supposed to be. Many, many seeds were planted there in a county of 22,000 people in the heart of the Appalachian Mountains that had, and there was no apostolic church. We didn't know the nature of the area at that time, but over the years we could clearly see God's hand at work and that we had been sent there to minister to these people. So now, a church about an hour and two mountains away has started a daughter work there. Now, when you think about how far two mountains away is, even if it's just an hour, you need to ask Melody about the time that she had gone to the youth group over at this church an hour away in Gate City, Virginia, and a sudden unexpected snowstorm came up and she couldn't get home over the mountains. It was a very secluded place, but Melody would be happy to tell you that story. So now Gate City UPC has started a daughter work there and is holding services in Lee County. And I rejoice to know that the message, the same message is still being preached in that beautiful, but previously unreached place. Now God has a plan for each of us just as he had for Abraham. And even when you don't know where you're going, you still have to listen to the voice of God. Ask him to make his will clear in your life. If you ask, he will give you wisdom and courage and direction so that you can step out in faith, so that you can take the actions and make the decisions that will be pleasing to our Lord and further his kingdom. Let's close in prayer. Oh, Jesus, give us direction, Lord. Help us to be obedient when you show us what you would have us to do. 
Help us to act in faith. Lord, be with us. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Give us a willingness to do as you would ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a nice evening.